Hi, everyone, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. It is September 8th, Monday. You'll hear my John Trell show. And then I'm, even though I'm not feeling well, I've been really sick with respiratory. For those of you that don't know, there's a lot of forest fires that have been burning in my area. They have just done my lungs right in. So I kind of developed a respiratory issue. For anybody that cares to hear about that, I explain a little bit more of that on my show yesterday with Dave Dobmeyer. I really want to thank everyone for the Patreon. I, I really need to say a shout out to everyone that is climbing Patreon obviously being the subscription-based fee. It's a monthly amount that you lock in. I am really appreciative of that. Started the Patreon back in May. Had a little rocky start. Had a couple shows on it. Um, I've had a little, you know, a couple headaches, a couple hiccups, but we're just over 70. We're close to 75% of our goals. So I want to encourage people that are listening to the program today. If you have not went and locked in, three, five, ten, twenty dollars on Patreon. I'm asking you to do that. What I'd prefer is to have people that are willing to commit $25. Those that have the means to do it, the lock-in of 25 a month. But if you can't do that, I understand if you don't have the means, you're on a limited budget, then lock in what you can. $3, $5, $10. All those dollars do add up. And thanks to Kyle Murdoch, I have this month to allow for more sponsorships to come in because we do have to reach our goal in order to be able to move forward in October. So I really appreciate everyone that did become a patron. I, you know, I don't even know if I, am I pronouncing it right? Maybe somebody can let me know. And thank you again, my patron members, and just know that I'm going to try really hard just to have exclusive videos and sneak peeks on interviews that are only going to be available for my patrons just to show them how much I appreciate them contests, book giveaways, things like that, just exclusive to my Patreon members once I know where I'm at with that. So come on, guys, let's get that Patreon button. Still, let's not forget about it just because I haven't talked about it endlessly. And as you can hear, talking is something I probably shouldn't be doing much of. But I was really anxious to bring in my guest today because I was so interested to get his take on a few things going on, he is just really rapidly becoming one of my favorite authors. It is Carl Gallups. For you new people, Carl Gallups is a police officer turned senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. And of course, we want to be lifting up our friends in Florida, of course, as they're expecting that to hit tonight. So he's been the author of many a book. When the Lion Roars is such a good book. And he's got a new book out that I really am anxious to talk about as well. I think I believe it comes out in October. We'll get him to talk about that. I pre-ordered my copy and I cannot wait. I think I have final warning too of his. But Lieutenant Mike Zulu and Carl were both involved in the Obama birth certificate fraud investigation with Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who was just pardoned by Trump, and I can't wait to get his take on that. It is the one and only Carl Gallops. Carl, welcome to the program, sir. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Sheila, it's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Well, listen, there's so much going on. I mean, I, I say to people, where do we start it? Really? Does it seem to you like all the reactor rods are going off here, Carl? 
Yeah, well, they are. And um, my last book, When the Lion Roars, it says exactly what you just said. There's a convergence. We're living in the most prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And dozens of biblical prophecies about the times that were to come just before the return of the Lord, dozens of biblical prophecies are converging. And I have all of that recorded in my latest book called Gods and Thrones, which is just now available on Amazon. And uh, I mean, it, it goes even deeper into the demonic spiritual realm of that and the powers behind the thrones of the world and what's really happening. Yes, yes, it's astounding. We wake up every day to a new revelation of prophetic fulfillment. Boy, you said that. Yeah, you. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, I pre-ordered your book, and I do want to take some time in the show and talk about that. So where I want to start off here, Carl, I found this really interesting. I really am chomping at the bit to get your take on this whole thing with Joe Arpaio, Of course, we all know the false, phony, fraudulent Obama birth certificate and how Lieutenant Mike Zulu and Sheriff Joe Arpaio worked together on that. You were deputized. You guys looked into it. You saw the documents. It's all fake. It's stunning. In fact, if people have not heard the show where you really break that down, people actually told me they were jaw dropped as you were telling them this story. Folks, you have to go back and listen to that show. I'll link it in the description, Carl, there. But I mean, I was surprised that he would even have to get pardoned. A sheriff getting pardoned for doing an investigation? Like, maybe I'm missing something here. But Carl, what was your reaction to Trump pardoning Joe? Well, I was elated. I can tell you I I think you know, and your audience knows, or some of them do, and uh, that I have been deeply connected with Joe Arpaio for years, and um and his chief investigator in the Obama fraud case, Mike Zulo. Um, Sh- Sheriff Arpaio uh, deputized me, and the bottom line is I have stayed in close contact with Sheriff Arpaio by phone, even though he's been out of office. I've spent many many hours personally alone with Sheriff Arpaio in his office and discussing the details of his life and the investigation. And I ha- I'm in almost daily contact with Mike Zulo, even to this point. So I said all of that to say this. I was elated, but I personally was not terribly surprised because I had the privilege of being and the advantage of being kind of daily briefed on where all of that was headed and what was going on inside the White House, uh, at least the rumors that were coming out of there and leaking back to Arpaio and Zulo. So anyway, it was exciting when the trigger was was pulled and uh, and the announcement was made and it was well deserved. It was a sham of a trial, a shame and a sham. And I don't know how much detail you want to get into on that, but but it was. And so, if anybody deserved to be pardoned, uh, it was Sheriff Arpaio. Well, you'll be interested to know this. Uh, this is actually just up on Clown News Network today. CNN site says Federal Civil Rights Commission dings Trump on Arpaio and Deca. So it says here, the federal agency charged with advising the government on civil rights on Friday criticized President Donald Trump's decision to pardon former Sheriff Joe Arpaio. In a strongly worded statement, the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights announced a majority of its members had voted to condemn these actions. It sets a dangerous precedence. 
I mean, it just goes on and on with these these fake news lemmings. Hitler himself, I, I'm convinced this, that he would salivate at these these hirelings that set the new bar in how to spin doctor and, and propagandize everything, the rhetoric that comes out of here. I just feel like I live in an alternate universe where it's just insanity knows no bounds here. Even when Sheriff Joe is jumping up and down with this birth certificate, it's like the fake news was quick to say, oh, nothing to see here, folks. Poor Obama has to deal with all these kooks that are trumping things up. I mean, does it surprise you at the level of absolute lying that goes on? Oh, no. And not only do I know that they are doing it, I know why they're doing it. Because, again, I've been deeply involved in the Obama fraud case. And I'm telling you, this fraudulent identifying document of his, I'm not a birther. I don't run around and say where he was born or where he wasn't born. But what I do say is that document that was placed on the White House website is an absolute constructed, fabricated forgery fake. And it is the foundational document. In other words, we had an illegal documented person. I'm not saying he's from another nation necessarily. I'm saying his document was illegal, which, by the way, is about six federal crimes. um, And I can list them all for you in a moment if you'd like. Who actually was the commander in chief of our military for eight years? Who actually was the CEO of our economy and our borders for eight years? And, And that is the foundational crime that explains the mess our nation is in right now. And the left knows it. The Congress is complicit. The courts are complicit. The media is complicit. The globalists, the the leftists, the communists, the America haters are complicit. They know this. And what they were doing is trying to delegitimize Sheriff Arpaio by, by Soros pumping millions of dollars into Maricopa County to get him dethroned, to get him out of office, and then to give him a sham of a trial and to put him in federal prison. And that's where he was headed. Had Hillary Clinton won, Arpaio would be in prison right now. Uh, that's where he was headed. And that would have basically buried this whole Obama fraud investigation, this criminal investigation five-year criminal investigation with forensic evidence signed off on in affidavit form by two digital document international expert entities, and it would have buried the whole thing. But when Trump, who, by the way, is the person who stuck his finger in the chest of Obama back in 2011 and dared him to identify himself in a public way, he's the one that got him to put that document on the government website, which we now know is a fabrication on a template from the ground up. We actually possess one of the legitimate birth certificates from which Obama's was constructed from a woman by the name of Johanna Ani. It's a long story on how we came in possession of that, but the bottom line is the left know this, Sheila. They know this. Congress knows it. The media knows it. The courts know it. Eight years of a sham president, and they were getting ready to bury it with a Hillary Clinton presidency and Joe Arpaio in prison. And not only did that not happen, but the man who actually helped get the birth certificate up there is now president, and Joe Arpaio has been pardoned by him, and the heads of the left are exploding They know that once this thing is outed, the Democrat Party is destroyed. Some people could go to prison. Uh, Congress and the media will be delegitimized to the nth degree. And that's why the establishment uh, Republicans, I'm telling you, this is one of the big reasons they're fighting Trump left and right. This is what the whole fake Russia investigation is about. That's what Comey's fake stuff was about. 
That's what all this is about. I'm convinced, and show, so is Sheriff Arpaio. He has said that to me. He has said it to Mike Zulo. He has said it on mainstream media, that this whole fake trial, sham trial, was to delegitimize him, stick him in prison under a Hillary presidency, and to bury this issue forever. But now it's wide open. And I can give you evidence of this, Sheila. Think of all of the talking heads on the left that are bringing up the birth certificate now. Continually. Continually. Why would they do that if there was nothing to hide? Why would they do that? Because Arpaio is now free, and they're scared to death. Yeah, you know, and the ironic thing about this, Carl, is the only time our pal bathhouse Barry Satoro, the only time he even really peeks his head up because he's been strangely and suspiciously silent, yet, of course, he told the Russian ambassador there, I'll have a lot more flexibility when I'm out of office. Just remember that, folks. But, I mean, this guy only pops his head out to criticize Trump. Oh, that Deka thing was cruel. Oh, this Sheriff Arpaio thing. Well, that's just, what a dangerous precedence that sets. What kind of a, who cares what this clown thinks? Yeah. Well, he is. I mean, but but who who cares? I mean, Obama, he's a has-been. The people around him are criminals because of this whole identity, uh, criminality. I'm, I'm not going to accuse him of committing a crime because he has uh, protection by saying, you know, well, I, you know, I didn't know that was a false document. But the bottom line is, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And so now we are in a scenario where he has to attack his minions have to attack they have to keep it stirred up they have to keep the eye off of his criminality off of his identifying documents and this issue they, they don't know what to do now that arpaio is out and loose and talking and getting ready to dump this birth certificate issue back on america and the court and uh, and and mike zulo i mean i i predict this is something that's going to be coming around the corner very soon and And the left, I think they smell it coming, which is why they're trying to do their damage control. Obama is out there trashing and trashing and trashing. The talking heads are dutifully doing their job on the talk shows every day, bringing up with snickering and sneering the birth certificate issue. I'm telling you, Sheila, it is so obvious to those of us that are in the know. We watch this and we think, oh my gosh, if my birth certificate was legitimate and that was all just an issue of buffoonery, I would never bring it up. Why bring it up? But the fact that they continually try to legitimize it and to explain it away tells me they know that they're getting ready to be in for a world of hurt. (laughs) Two things you said kind of made me snicker there. Let's see, who does Obama keep? Uh, Just throw out a few names. Sociopathic Bernadine Dorn. Need I say more? former leader of the Weatherman Underground, by the way, responsible for the bombing of the United States Capitol, the Pentagon, several police stations in New York, wanted on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. I could just go on and on about just her alone. Bill Ayers. I mean, we're talking radical activism that makes Antifa and ISIS look like child's play. I mean, this goes back to even the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. I mean, this guy formerly held titles of distinguished professor at the University of Illinois. And that's who married Bernadine Dorn. Those two alone would be bad enough, Carl. You know, who cares that Malik Obama had a finance and arms procurement for the Muslim Brotherhood? That's not And then Valerie the Devil Jarrett. She moved into Obama's Washington, D.C. residence to further facilitate the deep state overthrow of the U.S. government. 
And let's not forget Loretta Lynchpin, the most evilest woman on the planet as far as I'm concerned, and his buddy old pal Eric Gunrunner Holder. You think all this cast of characters, this evil ilk, you think they went anywhere? They're still around. Don't kid yourself. Lurking in the back, agitating like their their typical M.O., trying to send Trump packing. Now we find out even Obama and his pals have been pushing for Cal Exit, the treasonous withdrawal of California from the Union, which would lead to a breakup of the U.S. I mean, you can't even make any of this stuff up, Carl. But how does a guy get away? Like you mentioned earlier, oh, well, I didn't know it was a fake birth certificate. How does a guy get away with something like that, though? The absolute path of destruction that he did while he was in eight years. Is there any ramifications? Because how does a guy get away with just say, oh, my bad, sorry, didn't know it was fake? I mean, that's not going to fly. Well, I can only speculate on that, Sheila. And plus, I know some of the actions that are being taken right now behind the scenes. So I have to be very careful what I say. I can say that I hope there will be ramifications. I believe there will be. I know that very powerful people are working on that as we speak. Um, You know, this is a funny world, though. Who knows? I mean, we might not even have an American flag over our White House in the next few months. I mean, you know, so what do we know the future? What do we know the future is going to hold? I pray that we have rule of law. I pray that Congress will get its act together. I pray that Trump will start some investigation uh, through the federal law enforcement agencies. But look what he's up against. He's up against a Congress that battles him. He's up against law enforcement agencies that had been spying on him, uh, directors of law enforcement, federal law enforcement that had been lying and involved in schemes in the Hillary campaign. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, the whole Russian narrative. He's got an investigation going on 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 him right now by Hillary Clinton's sycophants, minions, and supporters. Reporters. Uh, so, you know, h- how can he open up a birth certificate investigation right now? And, and again, I'm telling you, Sheila, that's why a lot of this junk is going on. They're trying to make it where Trump never really has the opportunity to bring this forward because they know, Sheila, that this is the foundational issue of the whole mess we're in right now. I, I think Obama was not elected. I think he was selected right. to do the damage he did. Speaking of investigations into anybody, I was shocked that the FBI shut down the request for files on Hillary Clinton by, remember they cited lack of public interest last week? Did that shock you? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Lack of public interest. Who defines that? I mean, there are tens of millions, maybe a hundred million or more people who have deep interest in it by the public. I mean, if they want public interest, just ask us, put a petition up on the, on a government site and ask us to tell you what our opinion is. Uh, But no, it's a smokescreen. They know if they start releasing that information on Hillary Clinton, I mean, it goes all the way back to Benghazi and the Eric Holder gun running. And I mean, you know, Obama and his fake documentation, who he really is, who he's really connected to, what he was really doing in the White House, what he was really doing with our borders and our militaries and our nuclear arsenal, what he was really doing to our economy and our medical system, which is 16 percent of our entire economy, what he's really doing with the federal law enforcement agencies, what he was really doing with those agencies spying on congressmen and federal judges and Supreme Court judges, potentially holding them in blackmail. See, all of that would be opened up. So they have to say, well, you know, nobody has interest. We're not going to release this. I mean, they've got, they've, they're, they're grasping at straws right now. The problem is right now they've kind of have the authority to do that, but I'm hoping soon this 
ship will begin to turn around. Well, switching gears a little bit, I thought you might find this interesting. I was thinking about your books. As a pastor, you're going to love this, Carl. Hocus Pocus. This is now, just keep in mind, this is the UK sun. Hocus Pocus, tens of thousands of witches around the world join forces every month to cast a binding spell on Trump and protect us from his actions. And Hollywood witch Vicki Adams says she has been inundated with people wanting to learn the spell and buy the ingredients. Jill, have to get on that mailing list. I mean, did you ever see a time when there is so much everywhere we look? There's just, I mean, demons are running wild here. The rise in occultism is the highest it's ever been. I mean, who would have ever thought you were just seeing this stuff in the mainstream headlines, Carl? What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, well, my thoughts on it are expressed in my last two books, When the Lion Roars and God's in Thrones. And I have been on public record preaching, teaching, conferences, media, TV, radio, and print media discussing this. Listen, here's the bottom line. For those that know the Word of God, for those that have spiritual discernment, for those, like Jesus said, who have eyes to see and ears to hear, we are living in the most unprecedented prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ. We are near to the return of the Lord. I'm not a date setter. Please don't hear me wrong. I know there are other things that need to happen. I mean, there's a globalist, one-world, antichrist government that has to burst upon the scene. Somewhere in there, there's a rapture, either either before that or in the middle of it or in the end of it, according to which eschatological scheme. I get that. But I'm just saying, right now, there are more prophecies converging after the 70 years. Israel's been in the land 70 years this year and next year. They've been in the land 70 years. Uh, we are living in between the return of Israel, a 2,600-year-old prophecy, and the return of Jesus Christ. So there is a demonic outpouring. Revelation 12, 12 says of those days that Satan is thrown down to the earth and and that he knows his days are short and he is releasing his fury upon the earth. We also know that the book of Revelation, the entire book of Revelation, was written to the seven churches of Asia Minor, which is the old designation for the modern-day Turkey. We also know that the modern-day Turkey is now falling into an Islamic caliphate. And we also know that one of the letters written to the church at Pergamum in the middle of Turkey, it says, Jesus says, I know where you live in Pergamum. You live where Satan has his throne on earth. And Jesus says that twice in that passage of Scripture. So we're looking at an unprecedented demonic outpouring, which was prophesied in the Scriptures in the last days this would happen. We're watching it happen. You're right. We've never seen before this ubiquitous outcry for witchcraft, occultic spells and incantations, religious services held against a sitting U.S. president um, all around the world in a global effort to dethrone him, in a global effort, they say, in today's drudge headline news, to protect the world. Now, that's interesting. Because we know from the scriptures that Satan is desperately trying to be the king of this world. One of the themes of my book, Gods and Thrones. The powers behind the thrones are the gods, little g, the divine realm, the angelic fallen beings that are following Satan and, and influencing the, the minds of the world. That's why Paul said our battle's not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and authorities and rulers and principalities in the heavenly realms, in the divine realms. That's what we're seeing. Sheila, and it is unprecedented. It's right before our eyes. The sad thing is the vast majority, the bulk of America's churches don't see it, 
It's not being preached from the pulpits. It's not being generated to the pews. They don't get it. And that is a shame. And that's one of the reasons why our culture is rotting to the core. They don't understand what's happening. And I'm telling you, this invention of the Internet, for all of the good it has done and is doing, look at us right now. We're using it. We're using the technology of the Internet to proclaim the gospel. But on the other hand, there is so much prolific evil that's coming out of it. And it now allows witches and the demonic to connect and to connect instantly all around the world and to and to invoke demonic incantations against singular people sitting presidents or you or me and this is unprecedented as well. So these are the times we're living in Sheila and I know to some people who are hearing this for the first time it's a little disconcerting and shocking. Some people think it's just over-sensationalization, but I challenge people to show me where I have spoken untruthfully and unbiblically. It is sensational, but it's not being over-sensationalized. The Bible clearly says, in the last days, there will be a demonic outpouring. We're living in the last days, however long that is. We're on the other side of a returned Israel. The Internet is now amongst us. Instant communication, transportation technologies are amongst us. We're watching it unfold, and the example you gave of the witch's continual occultic movement against Donald Trump. And by the way, think of that. I, I don't think Donald Trump is an angel from heaven. I don't think he's the Messiah of, of, of America. But if the demonic realm hates his gut so much, if the globalist, if Satan hates him so badly that these prayers are going up to the throne of Satan through the witches. I'm telling you, Sheila, God's up to something, and Satan knows it, and he's terrified of what God may be doing with Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement. Boy, it's like a prophetic burger, isn't it? It's like Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel are like the the, the burger buns holding all this other. It's all rolled into one, one sandwich here. We're really walking out through the time that Jesus said if the days weren't short, there'd be no flesh left alive. Daniel 12 talks about people going ravening mad and the wickedness increasing. That's what the days of Noah was about. And now we're watching this exploding apostasy as never before as the world races towards this momentous end times encounter between good and evil. We know there's a deepening antagonism, Carl, developing worldwide against Christians, a, a war even that's pitting born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians against other claimants. But here's the the thing I've been asked a lot about, you know, or, I mean, we just saw this massive Category 8 earthquake in Mexico. Well, we, we see Irma, we see Harvey pummeling some pretty liberal areas of the United States, uh, the hubs for mega churches, Planned Parenthoods, I guess the question on everybody's mind, and there's, I know there's a lot of Christians arguing about this right now, is this God's judgment? Is this man-made? Is this caused by harp? Are the globalists doing it? You know, is this scalar waves and witchcraft? I mean, what is going on here? Let's not forget that there was 10 righteous at the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, we got a whole lot more than that. So it's really hard to kind of, there is so many to both sides. It's almost hard to know. What are your thoughts on, is, is it possible that we're going down the path of God's getting fed up and we're under judgment? Well, e yes. And let me put it in a contextual balance here. Um, 
First of all, the Bible speaks of a great apostasy in the last days. Now, we know the Bible is not centered on the United States of America. It's primarily centered on Israel and the Middle East. We know that. Uh, The book of Revelation is certainly centered on the Euphrates River, Israel, the Middle East, Turkey, etc. We get that. Ezekiel 38, 37, 38, and 39, centered on Russia and Iran and China and the Middle East and Israel. We get that. But we also have to deal with a historical fact that the United States of America is the largest Christian nation the planet has ever seen. At least that's the number of people who say they are Christians. Millions and hundreds of millions of us. There is no singular nation on the planet that has that many people saying that they are Christians and that they're not atheist or Buddhist or Muslim, etc. But, so, if we're the largest Christian nation, it makes sense that judgment of God would begin with us first in and amongst the house of God's people, which would be those proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, we're watching this apostasy. As I said, uh, and I've got this documented in my book, When the Lion Roars, in great detail, but George Barna, uh, the famous pollster of all things religious, um, he, he conducted a poll that took him several years, and he spoke to, to many thousands of conservative evangelical pastors. Now, hear me, Sheila, conservative evangelical pastors, not the liberal ones, not the denominations that are already gone into apostasy and doing gay marriages and gay women priests and all that. I'm talking about conservative evangelical pastors. George Barna asked them over several years, how often do you preach on abortion and evolution and sexual perversion and gay marriage and uh, Israel in the Middle East and Israel's right to exist and ISIS and the collapse of morality in the United States, et cetera? So he went down this list. He said, how often do you preach on these things? Over 90 percent of America's conservative evangelical pastors answered George Barna by saying, we never speak about any of those things. Over 90% in America, Sheila. And when he asked them why, their biggest answer was, because we're afraid we'll lose members and they'll take their money and we can't pay for our buildings. I'm telling you, Sheila, we're in a mess in America. Now, 10%, that means there are thousands of like me and you out there, who are speaking and preaching and teaching the truth. But think of it, 90% of Americans sitting in pews on Sunday mornings never hear the stuff that you and I are talking about. They never hear it, unless, you know, they're listening to your show or my show, our interviews, but I mean, they don't hear it from the pulpits. And so, yes, uh, you know, could God be bringing his judgment upon us? Well, he already is. There's a demonic outpouring in the United States, the largest Christian nation in the planet. We've just declared that gay marriage is legal. That's the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's just sinking into apostasy from the courts to the halls of Congress, to the pulpit, to the pew, to our homes, our marriages, and our families. That's where we are. Now, We see the natural calamities. We see all the stuff you guys have going on up in the Northwest right now with all the fires and smoke, and some of it's probably being set by people. I mean, it's just nasty. It's horrible. We see the hurricane slamming into Houston, as you pointed out, the the center of abortions and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We're looking at another monster earthquake hurricane, a nuclear hurricane, the headlines say, that it's unprecedented in the Atlantic hurricanes, the power of this thing. And it's bearing down on Florida. In fact, one headline says that that hurricane may impact uh, every single major city in yeah, Florida. Yeah. Well, 
So here we are, and you know, and people say, well, you know, we just had the full eclipse of the of the of the sun, and you know, all these things. Well, okay, and here's my thing. Look, earthquakes have always been here. Eclipses of the sun have always been amongst us. Hurricanes have always been here. Forest fires and smoke and and all the devastation that's always been here. Floods that's always been here. Uh, the roaring of the seas has always been here. But the word of God says that in the last days these things would begin to increase and they would converge, and that people's hearts would fail them because of the things that they could see that were coming upon the earth. So I don't look at the eclipse of the sun and say, well, that's a sign from God, not by itself. I don't look at a hurricane hitting Houston and saying, that's a sign from God, not by itself. But when I look at these things, Israel has returned to the land just, you know, in the last 70 years this year. But in the last handful of years, the Middle East has imploded civil war. Syria is gone. It's an irrecoverable civil war, which brought Russia into the Middle East, which brought China into the Middle East, which brought them together with their militaries, which brought them together with Iran, ancient Persia, which brought Iran together with North Korea, now building nukes and saying they're going to aim them at the United States, which brings the collapse of European borders, the rise of ISIS, the collapse of the United States borders, eight years of Obama. Um, I mean, I could just go on and on and on with all of these things. The rise of technology that is pure demonic now, uh, witches praying against our president all over the world, incantations and occultic ceremonies, demon possession running rampant across the earth in the headlines of the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times. I mean, it, you, then you add monster hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, Yellowstone Park, you know, fires and, and destruction. And I mean, you know, and it's just all coming together at one time and over in just a handful of years all of this stuff and much more is converging so when you look at it like that then that brings a whole different look at the whole thing it's just what the bible said would happen again i don't look at a eclipse of the sun and say oh my gosh it's god's judgment but i look at all of this together and i say wow we're just living in prophetic times it's getting close does that make sense sheila yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know my friends over at Skywatch, Dr. Tom Horn, Derek Gilbert, the crew over there said your your Gods and Thrones book is riveting. I think I pre-ordered it. Um, Jim Baker said it was exhilarating. Joel Richardson calls it groundbreaking. The subtitle, Nakash, Forgotten Prophecy, and the Return of the Elohim Carl, give us a little sneak peek into this, what seems to be just an incredible book. Yeah, thanks. Well, very quickly, now my book goes into great detail, but for the sake of uh, this broadcast for your audience, it's as, it's as simple as this. Elohim is a word that carries a lot of power to it. It's a Hebrew word. Whenever you see a Hebrew word ending in I-M, im, that usually means it's plural. But Elohim is one of those strange words. It's like deer or buffalo. You know, what's the singular for deer? Deer. What's the plural for deer? Deer. What's the singular for buffalo? Buffalo. What's the plural for buffalo? Buffalo. <laughs> well, Elohim. What's the singular for Elohim? Elohim. What's the plural? Elohim. All right, well, where do we find Elohim? In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Well, that means God. 
Well, is it singular God or plurality of gods? Well, we know from the rest of Scripture that only God is the creator. In the person of Jesus Christ, all things were created. There were no gods. There was no pantheon of gods that created. We know that. So we know that that word, Elohim, can be rightly translated as God. But throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, the word Elohim is found, and the context clearly is gods, but not capital G, little g meaning the divine realm, the angelic realm, the demonic realm, if the context calls for it. So what I mean by the return of the Elohim is we are getting, we're being set up right now, Sheila. I, I, I mean, this whole globalist, communist, demonic, witchcraft, occultic culture that we're living in of, of sexual perversion and evolution lie, and I mean, just is so perverse and wars and rumors of wars and World War III on the verge of it and Middle East collapsing. I mean, this whole atmosphere the world is living in right now, it is nothing but According to the Word of God, Old and New Testament, it's the powers behind the thrones, the powers in the unseen realm, the Elohim, the fallen gods, the fallen angels that are following Satan. And when you read Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, you discover that Satan doesn't want to just be God of this world. He literally believes he's going to be God of gods. In his mind, he thinks he's going to dethrone Yahweh. He thinks he's going to somehow kill Yahweh, and he is going to be the God of this earth, and he proclaims the God of gods. So this is a battle to the death. This is ugly. It is nasty. It's as real as it gets. It's happening before our eyes. Most of the church doesn't even see it. And when they listen to you and me talk about these things, most of the church kind of rolls their eyes because they don't get it. They're not spiritual thinkers. They, they know the pretty little passages in the Bible, and that's what they hold on to, but they have not put the Bible in context from the fall in the Garden of Eden through to the book of Revelation and where we are in the headlines of our news. That's what my book, Gods and Thrones, does, and that's one of the topics, the return of the Elohim. I mean, the demonic outpouring is the return of the fallen Elohim. They're here. I mean, it's, it's going on right now in the nations of the world. I also believe, as do many other Christian scholars and, and commentators, that this whole UFO craze may be connected to some grand deception that's getting ready to come upon the earth. Um, just recently in the headlines all over the world, we've been told that there are more UFO sightings, more people claim to being abducted by UFOs, etc., and coming in contact with beings from outer space right now than ever before in history in totality. And the vast majority of those sightings are coming from America, of all things, the largest Christian nation on the planet. I think it is nothing more than a demonic outpouring, and a lot of UFOlogists, I'm talking about people who aren't even Christians, are now writing after studying this phenomena for decades, and I have this documented in my book, Gods and Thrones. After studying this phenomena for decades, they're now saying, you know what? We used to think it was little green men from other planets. Now we understand it is entities from other dimensions, and they are not beings. This is something spiritual, and it matches with the demonic description that the scriptures talk about. And I mean people who are not even Christians, but who are scientists and ufologists who have been exploring this for decades. They're starting to come around to the biblical point of view, saying, oh my gosh, Something is happening, and it is involving a great deception. We're being watched, we're being messed with, we're being brainwashed, and it is all about getting ready 
for somebody to take control of the world, which, by the way, lines right up with what the Bible has been saying for thousands of years. Well, and let's not forget when Dan- when the Holy Spirit gave Daniel the some of these prophecies. I mean, a lot of things weren't revealed. So, you know, we're, we're given the, the keys to the kingdom. Jesus also talked about when the Holy Spirit comes. You know, th- that was talking about the end time. It's not going to be revealed until those end times, Carl. Yeah. No, it says, it says, seal these things up, Daniel. And there's not a period there. It says, until the time of the end. Now, the way that's written, the implication, the intimation of that is that, but in the time of the end, it'll be unsealed and I will provide the means to unseal it. So I think that God has raised up a lot of men and women, and, you know, it talks about in the last days, you're, you know, young men will dream dreams and old men visions, and sons and daughters will prophesy, and I, I, I think those kinds of things are happening. I, I think people are getting it. People are seeing it. Yes, there are a lot of nuts out there. Yes, there are a lot of sensationalists out there. There are a lot of date setters and a lot of people trying to make a buck off of the whole phenomena, because people all over the world, billions of people around the world understand that something's wrong. <laughs> they, they, they don't know the biblical understanding, but they get it. Something is going on, something spiritual, something is wrong, something's getting ready to snap. They get it. But those of us who have immersed ourselves in the contextual Word of God, God is honoring us by showing us things. And and I'm not necessarily talking about dreams and visions. I'm not saying some angel has appeared in my bedroom and, and that I speak 100% truth of all things theological. I'm just saying people like you, people like me and others, we get it. We see it in, in our spiritual eye. We see it. We understand it. And God is revealing uh, through the headlines, through technology, through the world we're living in, and through the pages of the Bible, we're watching it being unsealed right before our eyes. And again, I'm, t- I'm saying, Sheila, it's because we're living on the other side of the return of Israel and just before the return of the Lord. So it's being unsealed. That's what I think. Well, and he said knowledge would return, didn't he? Yes. Knowledge would increase. People would run to and fro over the face of the earth. I, I do a deep study of that passage, by the way, in the Hebrew words, and I even used a friend of mine who speaks Hebrew as his first language to check me out. Uh, I do that in my book, When the Lion Roars. I have a whole chapter on that. And it turns out that what Daniel was saying literally means that technology will burst forth exponentially and transportation technologies will be a huge part of it, such that the earth becomes very small because people will be able to communicate instantly with each other and talk and travel instantly. And so that's exactly the world we live in, Sheila. And we're the first generation in the history of the planet to see it. And most of it has only come about in the last couple of decades. And some of it's only come about in the last few years. Some of it has only come about in the last few months. So, I mean, it's it's happening quickly. Yeah, things are being unsealed, information and is increasing exponentially, and that's what that Hebrew word means, and so is the ability to communicate and to transport ourselves. So, um, that's the world we live in. We're, you know, we take it for granted because we were born into it, Sheila, but the bottom line is we're the only generation the planet has ever had to see these things happen in one historical generation. I mean, all this started 100 years ago. Yeah, so yeah. in less than 100 years, one historical generation. See, b- by the end of 100 years, a whole generation is completely gone, and a new generation is there. 
and a hundred years ago, all of this started. I mean, a hundred years ago, we were still riding horses and walking everywhere we went, but now we just, it's unlimited. I mean, we've got internet and cell phone and airplanes and interstate highways and submarines and nuclear aircraft carriers and space shuttles and spaceships and deep space probes. I mean, it just, it's, it's unbelievable. We take it for granted because we were born into it, but 6,000 years of human history couldn't even imagine that stuff. It was science fiction. Carl, as we get into the end of September, obviously there's a lot of significant things about 2017. Certainly, it seems like we're gearing up for a pretty major event. There's been a lot of talk of September 23rd. People were saying, oh, the rapture is going to happen on the 23rd. We see traditionally in Bible scripture that a lot of things significantly happen in the fall. However, going forward, what kind of scenario could we be looking at? You know, we've got a brewing situation with North Korea. We've got all sorts of things economically, socially, politically. You know, we are getting hit with the kitchen sink. There's a lot going on here. What would be your advice to Christians going forward this fall? You know, what what should we be focused on here in all this mess? The bottom line is, look, we're not guaranteed of another day, Sheila, you and I. That's I mean, right. you know, I mean, we think, well, we'll live to be 70 or 80 or 90. Well, no, you, we don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, might have a semi-truck run a stop sign and hit me and kill me today. I mean, I could fall off my back porch and break my neck in a freak accident. I, we don't have another day. So I tell Christians, look, quit worrying about tomorrow. Isn't that what the scripture says? But instead... Be the salt, be the light, be the change agent, be the ambassador for Christ, be the living love letter sent from God to the world. Advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We've been raised up for such a time as this. No generation before us has ever had heaven on earth. I mean, we've had world war generations. We've had civil war generations. We've had, you know, the inquisitions, the European wars, the conquistadors, the the butchery, the the nuclear bombs. I mean, I mean, no generation has ever lived in perfect peace and harmony with unicorns dancing through the fields. That has never happened in this fallen creation and it will not happen. So instead of sitting around whining and crying about how horrible things are. Uh, let's enjoy the good things of life. And there's nothing better than family and friends and love. Well, that's what Jesus said. Love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And so let's do that. Let's be strong in the word. Let's understand that this is why we're here. We're not here to see how much pleasure we can get out of life and how much pain we can avoid. We are here to see how far we can advance the kingdom of God before Jesus returns. So that's what I tell people. And and let me just address the September 23rd thing. Um, listen, my take on that is this. I know a lot of people are caught up in setting that date, and and I don't. I'm not. I don't speak disparagingly of them. I don't. And and if September 23rd proves to be the rapture, oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Because I'm born again and bought by the blood of Jesus, I'll be in the rapture. If it proves to be some significant spiritual event, wonderful. Praise God. I'm all. I mean, something significant is happening every day now, Sheila. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if on September 23rd something significant, and I'm making air quotes right now, happens in the world. But Revelation 12 is not about a secret formula for a secret rapture uh, by using astrology and the alignment of constellations and stars and the planets to set a date for a coming future event. That's astrology. And the Word of God 
condemns that and says, do not look to the alignment of the planets to predict dates of future events. I mean, that's witchcraft. Christians should avoid that. The context of Revelation 12 is this. Revelation 12 speaks of the woman with the moon over under her feet, sun, sun over her head, the 12 stars around her. They, I, I urge your listeners, go read Genesis chapter 37, verses 8 and 9. It, re- it is referring the early church that received Revelation first back to the dream of Joseph. What was Joseph's dream? He said, I saw a woman with the sun over her head, the moon under her feet, and 11 stars over her head. Now, but the 12th star was Joseph because he said, and I was one of those, and everything else was bowing down to me. Well, of course, he was stupid to share what God was doing in his life, because his brothers were jealous. They were unspiritual. They didn't get it. They sold him into slavery. But we know out of that slavery, out of Egypt, came the nation of Israel, the woman, the woman who would bring forth the son, and the son, S-O-N, child, the male child. Well, who is that? The church? No, that's not what the Bible says. Is Genesis 37 says the woman is Israel. Well, who's the son? Well, guess what Isaiah 9 says? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And he will rule the nations with an iron scepter. He will be called Wonderful God, Mighty Counselor, Prince of Peace. Well, who is that? Well, it's Jesus. We know that. So Revelation 12 is this panoramic. It sets up Revelation 13, which is the the revelation of the Antichrist and the marking system and the one world government. So what's Revelation 12 telling us? It's telling us, it goes all the way back to the beginning and says, don't you remember when Israel, here's a sign that appeared in heaven, John says, not in the heavens, not in the heavenlies. The Greek word there is heaven, in heaven. In fact, if you go to Revelation 11, verse 19, John says, and the temple in heaven was opened. And then the next verse says, and remember, there were no chapters and verses when John wrote this. The temple in heaven was opened. And the next verse says, and I saw a sign in heaven. In other words, God showed him a revelation. What was it? And it was Israel giving birth to Jesus. The dragon, who we find out in a few verses later, is Satan, was there to destroy him because he was told in the garden in Genesis 3 that the woman would bring forth through the seed of the woman would be would come forth one a son who would crush the head of satan he would bruise his heel but this seed would crush the head of satan satan knew what that meant that this woman israel was going to bring forth the messiah who would be the destruction of satan and revelation 12 is a repetition of that truth here's the woman here's the child here's the son here's the dragon there to destroy him Of course, we saw that in Herod, killing all the children, two and under. And then it goes on, and it continues to talk about how then Satan, in the last days, he's thrown down to the earth, and he's filled with rage because he knows his time is short. Why? Because the Son has been born. The gospel has burst forth. Who does Satan go off and make war with in Revelation 12? With Israel and the church, with the woman and those who hold to the testimony of the Son, who hold to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Then what happens? Revelation 13 opens, and then I saw this beast rise up out of the sea, that is, out of the nations. And what happened? It culminated in the Antichrist, who forced the whole world to take a mark, and he was filled with the demonic spirit of Satan. That's the context to all of this, Sheila. So people are looking to Revelation 12, and they're imposing astrology on Revelation 12, saying, the alignment of the constellation and the stars and the sun and the moon, now we can set a date. 
that is astrology. Right. And I've been telling the church, please don't do that. But it's not because there's a secret formula in Revelation 12. I would be thrilled if something amazing, I mean, it could be something as ominous as World War III breaks out on yeah. September 23rd. I'm not thrilled about that, but people will point and say, well, see, that's what it was. That's what it was. And my answer is going to be, yeah, but you never said that. You said it was going to be the rapture. And then others said that, well, it's going to be something, you know, some spectacular sign. Well, okay, maybe. But I'm just, you hear my heart, Sheila. I'm just yeah. warning the church, be, be careful with this. But in the same time, yes, you know, look up. Our redemption draws nigh. Um, observe what's going on around you. The sign of Israel returning to the land, it's before our face. The collapse of the Middle East is before our face. The collapse of America and the church in America, it's happening before our face. The collapse of the borders in Europe, the rise of ISIS and terrorism, it's happening before our face. The alignment of the nations of Ezekiel 38 and 39, it's happening before our face. These are the signs that we can definitively point to. Thanks for letting me spill my guts. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think the part that's so incredible is what you quoted there out of Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, And then when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. I think that is important. Tell the folks in the waning moments how they can get a copy of God's and Thrones uh, subtitled Nakash, Forgotten Prophecy and the Return of the Elohim and also I really highly recommend this book, When the Lion Roars, Understanding Implications of Ancient Prophecies for Our Time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first of all, there are two ways uh, that they, they can quickly, and they can remember this, even if they're driving down the road listening to this broadcast. Um, number one, they can just remember my name, Carl Gallops, and put .com after it. Boom. And when you're at my site, it's a one-page site, you'll see it, and, and you'll see exactly how to click on the link and, and get it. Um, plus, you can read portions of it online. Uh, you can see videos about it and interviews I've been doing about it, etc. Okay. CarlGallops.com. The other way they can order it is just go to Amazon.com, and they can put in Gods and Thrones, and then put my name, Carl Gallops. Gods and Thrones, Carl Gallops. It'll go right to it, or go to my author's webpage where all six of my best-selling books are there, and they can order it. Now, it's due to be officially released October 1st, but it, they can order it now, and they will get it early if they order it on Amazon. Plus, they'll get it at the very cheapest price that it will be offered at. And uh, But I know on October 1st, there is a media blitz. I mean, there are television shows, international radio shows that already have me lined up. And so once they start advertising it and talking about it, it's going to go crazy. And so I'm, I'm encouraging people, pre-order it now, and you'll be at the top of the list for getting it sent to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for not just your books, but thank you for your ministry. Thank you for taking the time out. I think When the Lion Roars is that one of the must-have books Christians need to have. You really connect the dots. And thank you for this latest book, and I do hope uh, everybody jumps over there and pre-orders it. And the link is there on today's bio, folks. Carl, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much, sir. Sheila, it's always my pleasure, and thank you for having me. It's an honor. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Wow, what a great guest. Make sure you do go over there and check out those books and pre-order Gods and Thrones. Um, I'm just feeling like I'm getting sicker as we're going into this interview. I'm not sure that I'm going to get to do my John Terrell editing because I'm just feeling very ill. And I think I'm just going to take the weekend and rest and see if I can't get better here because I'm feeling uh, worse as as the day goes by. 
and my throat is just getting worse and worse. And the the <laughs> I've had to edit out a lot of coughing here, just total coughing fits. My lungs are, it, it just it feels like I'm getting like a pneumonia or a bronchitis, and it's not good. So uh, I need to take care of myself here over the weekend because I'm, as I'm heading out to Branson, that's going to be uh, an all-week excursion. I've got basically 24 hours of layovers, and stop, then I don't even get to Branson. I ended up stopping in another place in Missouri, then driving. Like, it didn't turn out to be a very easy trip for me, so it's two days making my way over there, and it's changing planes and all that. You know how airports are. It's a, it's a nightmare for me, especially, because I think I'm, like, high security risk or something. Never fails when I go in an airport. I always get the enhanced security. Some of us are definitely uh, being watched. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I'm going to slowly make my way over to Branson on Tuesday. And so try to get down there by Thursday. Rhonda's going to be playing a couple throwback shows, some like people's top choice shows over the years. I always kind of get a kick out of the sound has changed a lot. Yeah, technology's come a long ways in these shows because some of the beginning shows are like, okay, we'll put some of them up for you guys. We'll throw them up on YouTube, throw them on the podcast. So make sure that you are watching for those because um, they're going to be good shows. And I've got a great show with Rodney Howard Brown. Lots of uh, exciting guests coming on the horizon. I'm really very, very anxious to see you folks in Branson. I really pray I get better by then. I got three days to really get feeling better, so I really want to take care of myself. So your prayers are very coveted right now. Just know that. And I really don't want to talk anymore, but the very final thing I'll say is the new website is launching sometime next week. The day that it's ready, we had a couple of, we were putting in customized media players, so that's just taking a little extra time. I was hoping for Monday, but sometime next week it'll be ready. It's just, you're going to be really happy at how easy the new website is. And last but not least, please do, just because I'm not talking about it, which I shouldn't even be talking, period, at the sound of this voice, but just because I haven't said it over and over and over, I'm asking people, please, for those that have not yet become my patrons, please go over there, lock in an amount of any kind. I really appreciate that. That's really important that we get this goal met by the end of the month, depending on what happens Monday. Otherwise, we'll see you back September 20th. See you all down in Branson. Love you guys. Good night and God bless.